Henderson, Perez, Johnny Evans, what a header! Oh, what an absolute cracker from Harvey Barnes! Oh, there's magic in that right boot! You're listening to Extra Time, live on LCFC Radio. Your place for all the reaction to the weekend's football. Yes, welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio after a semi-disappointing Friday evening for Leicester City away at Southampton but it's another point on the board it was a fantastic weekend though for LCFC women they lifted the FA Women's Championship trophy uh, yesterday we'll talk about that game a little bit later on we'll also preview Friday's Premier League game with Newcastle as well but obviously we will start at Southampton after we've introduced our guests Tony Cotty and Matt Elliott Matt you sat opposite me so uh, we'll start with you good evening how evening. was uh, how was your trip down to the south coast on Friday yeah it was alright it was ok not too bad to be fair got there early for a change which is not like me um, decent trip there uh, an average time while at the stadium with the game as it went but uh, in the day it was a point gained wasn't it and uh, another one to sort of tick off the list and uh, a nice even shorter trip back yeah I made, made it home enjoyed the uh, bank holiday weekend but yeah the game was frustrating wasn't it frustrating really weather was freezing down there by the way and windy it wasn't it's quite warm in there actually <laughs> yeah yeah nice for you boys here in the studio but it wasn't a I don't know, the further south you go the warmer you get but it wasn't the case on Friday night that's for sure but yeah I, I wouldn't apportion that to uh, you know any blame for Leicester playing how they did it didn't quite click for them did it on the night uh, and obviously we're going to talk about that in a bit but all said and done it was far from a disaster <laughs> you know it's another point and um, that little bit closer to achieving the target and it, it was driving rain and horrible wind Tony last time we were at St Mary's Stadium unfortunately for Leicester it didn't quite go as well as it, it did that Friday evening uh, a couple of seasons ago but as Matt has just said there it is another point uh, it wasn't the end of the world not winning that game yeah I mean obviously it wasn't the same game that we we was at um, St Mary's before was it Dan but anyway good evening I should have said good evening Matt evening Dan evening, good evening. evening. you're alright mate we'll excuse you <laughs> I forgot to say hello to everyone um, yeah I mean I'll just listen to, to Matt's comments there and know exactly the same feelings um, I do think it when you you're obviously disappointed. You go into the game, Dan, and you you, you want to win the game, obviously. We wanted to get the three points and it would have made life a little bit easier for everyone. But I think sometimes, you know, you, it just doesn't click into place and you, you you have these games, you have these little stutters and that. I mean, having said that, we had lots of shots on goal, weren't you? you know, plenty of efforts on goal. And it just, you know, sometimes you can have that amount of shots and get nine goals and other times you can only get one goal. And, you know, it's, I think that's the weird and wonderful world of football. But I think ultimately you've got to look at it as a point edging towards that European qualification, which is what we all want via the Champions League. Yeah, I think obviously with West Ham playing later on, Matt, this evening, if they win that game, obviously the gap goes down to five again. But Leicester play next, obviously, out of all yep. those teams. or They're the first game again on Friday evening. So feasibly, if Leicester win on Friday against Newcastle, the gap at a minimum will be eight. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the way, certainly Leicester players, <laughs> I'm sure the management will, and Leicester supporters need to look at it, really, you know, put a positive aspect on it. And you don't need to do that falsely. It, that's the scenario as it is. And ifs and buts, I know, you know, <laughs> a lot of people would have fancied strongly, rightly so, Leicester pick up three points at some areas. Didn't happen. But you know, another way of looking at it is, you know, this run of four games, 
I think most people were saying, right, it's, it, you know, it's hugely important that Leicester pick up a sizable amount of points in these four games against, uh, you know, middle of the table, so lower end opposition. And thus far, they've picked up seven out of nine. You know, hopefully, 10 out of 12. If they do that, you've got to fancy them hugely, regardless of how West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool or any other team get on. Because, you know, it's going to be a, um, you know, a real hard task for them to... Basically, those other teams are going to have to win every game mm. uh, that they've got remaining to, to even give them an outside chance. So, yeah, it's uh, th that's why, you know, when you look at it, OK, the players sent off and Southampton with the run they've had, etc. It's disappointing in the way they played. You know, there'd be an element of frustration, of course. But the bigger <coughs> picture outlook is, you know, that was actually a positive point, believe it or not. Um, it could prove vital, but I don't think it will be close enough to, for that point to be that important come the end of the season. Yeah, I think all Leicester fans, Tony, will, will be keeping an eye on that game at, at Turf Moor later between Burnley and West Ham. I mean, always it's a tough place to go, Turf Moor, isn't it? And, and recently Burnley have, have picked up some good results, so that'll be a really tough one for the Hammers. Yeah, I think it's um, the old stereotype game for West Ham, Dan. Is it, oh, yeah, Monday night, freezing cold at Burnley and all that, you know, are they good enough type of thing? So you know, we'll certainly see where this West Ham team are tonight. Um, you know, from Leicester's point of view, you know, this is really the team that you don't want them to pick up points because purely they've got that seven-point cushion at the moment over Tottenham, but they've also got the eight-point over West Ham. Um, you know, West Ham with the game in hand, and and this is the game in hand. And you know, you, you've got to say the way Burnley played against Wolves last week is not that will not be an easy game for West Ham. We know that, um, so it'll be very interesting to see see what happens at the game tonight. But you know, I I, I think you don't want to get too carried away about worrying about other results and other scores and everything. I think you know, I think it's great for the fans. I think the fans do that probably a lot more than what the players would do. I think the players, you, you, all you can ask for as a footballer is to be in control of your own destiny, you know, and Leicester have worked fantastically hard to do that. They've done that. They're in control of their own destiny. They're in a, a fabulous position. Even if West Ham were to win tonight, you know, Leicester still control their destiny. And that is, they're the key words. They control their destiny. And they've got big games, you know, like the Chelsea game might be important. The Tottenham last game of the season might be important. We don't know how it's going to work out. But all you can ask for at this stage, after all that hard work, is to know that if you win probably two of your four games, you're going you're gonna to be in the Champions League, which will be an incredible achievement. Yeah, I think starting by beating Newcastle on Friday, that will give them that, that perfect springboard. And, and as much as it, it's controlling Leicester and what they do winning their game, they can send out a real message on Friday, can't they, to the rest of the teams that have to play next weekend? Yeah, the, the, the way the fixtures have fallen, you know, it's worked out. In Leicester's favour, in that respect, you would say they have got that opportunity to, even if it's only, um, you know, temporarily, uh, a, a points gap to be increased, and um, th that's why the sort of frustration is added to you know, with just the draw against Southampton. Um, you know, it really could have looked even more intimidating for the chasing pack, couldn't it? But uh, like I said, all said and done, it, it's quite a healthy situation to be in, and it's a good opportunity. On Friday night, Newcastle got not turned over, but were quite straightforwardly overcome by Arsenal. Um, in a, they, they've still got a tiny bit of work to do, possibly. But you, you know, you you would fancy Leicester again strongly here at the King Power. So it's a nice positive performance on Friday night. And as Tony says, yeah, don't worry about all the stuff on the periphery. Get on with your own business. Focus on that and. 
you know, that, that's what's brought you into this position in the first place. And hopefully we'll continue to do the job. I'm sure it will. So Friday night then, Tony, it looked as if Lightning maybe was going to strike twice, didn't it? I mean, 10 minutes in, Southampton down <laughs> to 10 men. I think they'll, they'll from that stage, Brendan Rodgers and Leicester and, and all Leicester fans out there, I'm sure, will be disappointed that they weren't able to go and get the three points. But but as we've referenced, they, they made sure they didn't lose it in the end. Yeah, and you know when they go down to, to, to ten men after what was it nine minutes or something, and then it was it was it was almost shades of the game of from last season, wasn't it? The nine nil, and you think, well, here we go again. And, you know, this could quite easily they can kick on if they get that early goal and that. But it, you know, it didn't pan out that way. And you know, I think sometimes you've got to give uh, credit to Southampton as well, you know, because it's all right being a little bit critical of Leicester and saying they didn't take the chances, etc. And I understand all that, but. You know, from Southampton's point of view, now, they had a real point to prove, didn't they? And not only that, they lost to Leicester in the Cup semi-final as well. So, you know, there was a lot of pride at stake. And I think this is what makes the Premier League so great and so attractive to, to viewers all around the world is because you, you teams don't roll over. You know, I, I know you people say, well, they lost 9-0 last I get that. But, you know, they didn't roll over. They rolled their sleeves up. They made it very difficult for Leicester, didn't they? And, and they, they eventually they took the lead. So, you know, it, what perhaps could have been an easy game when they went down to 10 men didn't pan out that way but you know Matt will agree with this you know many times when you when we played against 10 men you know for all our different clubs it can be very very difficult mm. it really can and it's hard to explain it because you, you know obviously you've got the extra man you, you should be extra space on the pitch and you know you should be able to to push on and get your three and four or five goals against teams with 10 men but it doesn't always work that way it can sometimes make it even more difficult as bizarre as it seems than when you're playing against 11 men and I guess Southampton, Matt, had, had it in their heads that Lightning wasn't going to strike twice. Mm-hmm. They made sure that they were not going to roll over, as, as Tony Cotty has said there. And and maybe they didn't come out as much as what Ralph Hasenhutl would have wanted no. them to before the game. But as soon as they went down to 10 men, they made sure that what happened at Old Trafford this season and what happened at St Mary's against Leicester um, last season wouldn't happen again. Yeah, well, they're wary of that situation because they've been damaged. It's happened not once but twice, as you mentioned. And... That can leave scars, to be honest. And but I, I thought that they probably certainly from Leicester's perspective, there was probably a bit of too much focus on the the fact that Leicester didn't play as well as they can, um, and more than Leicester um, Southampton giving them some credit. To be fair, you know, for the reasons Tony's just mentioned, there they were determined not to succumb again, weren't they? Never mind the scoreline. Just you know, they, they lost to Leicester twice in really. You know, conflicting styles, but you know, e- equally sort of painful, really. The nine nil and the FA Cup semi final, and you know, they didn't want it to happen for a third time. <coughs> and you could see the determination in their performance. I thought early on, the signs looked ominous for Southampton because they were Leicester were breaking up play and they didn't have um, too many open opportunities, but certainly had situations they were nearly breaking through and the touch just wasn't quite right, or the pass was a bit heavy, or interception was made. But it looked like Leicester were going to go on the rampage a little bit, I felt. And then the sending off as well. And you think, I'm going to be demoralised here. You know, it really could be embarrassing night, even at that scoreline, nil-nil. But they turned it around, made the change, substitution, and um, fair play to them. Yeah, and as Tony says there, basically, you know, it was two banks of four, sometimes a four and a five in midfield. Adams was dropping in behind the ball. And... You know, regardless of, of how many he's got up top, OK, Leicester probably got more possession than he would have if they'd had the full um, full number of players. 
but um, it makes you less likely or less ambitious, really, less likely to come out. And you, those defenders just sit in there and sit in there. And Leicester don't really have the personnel um, to to get on the end of too many crosses that are just sort of not aimlessly put in, but almost know, stood up into the yeah. Area. You know, centre halves are waiting for that, um, and they don't have that physical presence. You know, Ian Acho is okay. In the air, it's not his game. You know, Vardy has got a decent leap on him, tries to be aggressive, but, you know, just his physical stature means centre-halves more often than not deal with it. And it needed someone like Johnny Evans to, to be in the vicinity to get on the end of a cross. Great ball for me and Acho. But that, you know, that threat isn't there. And so it's, it's something that Leicester, not, not regularly, but sometimes struggle with a little bit when it's packed defences, as do most other teams. As, as well as that, Tony, you can... You know, we, we heard the bad news this week from Brendan Rodgers that Harvey Barnes wouldn't play a, another game this season, unfortunately, for Leicester. He would have been the ideal type of player, wouldn't he, last night to try and break down a team that sit back. He could stretch them with his pace. He can pull out wide if needs be. Yeah, I mean, it's a great shame for Harvey, isn't it? He was in such sensational form and obviously we wish him well with his recovery. Now, but it's, you know, it's a shame that he's not going to be available. And, and you're quite right, Dan. You know, Leicester could have done with someone like that. You know, you do. You know, Matt touched on it. The, the, the two banks of four, and it, it makes it very, very difficult. It, it does, and they shuffle across, and, and, and everyone, everyone seems to get a little bit extra percentage out of each other when you go down to ten men, and that's what you do. You know, when, when I've been in teams like that, that's what the team does when you play against the team that's gone down to ten men. It can be very difficult, as I said. So Harvey Barnes would have been great. You know, someone like that to try and unlock things. Obviously, Perez came on, Michael Brighton came on. You had to try and change things up and mix things up. But, you know, in, in the end, it was obviously a spell of, a, you know, sort of two or three corners, wasn't it? And then, and then a great ball in from Ian Acho and a, a really good header from Johnny Evans. And it's, I must say, it's nice to see Johnny getting a few goals as well. It's the second one, isn't it? From mm. I know it's from the corner, the, the, the previous one, but, you know, that was a good header as well. And he should be getting more goals as well, I think, because he's, tal- he's a talented boy. And it was a really, really good header. Um, so, but it was important to get that goal back, obviously, after going and goal down. Right, let's hear from his manager then, Brendan Rogers, who spoke after the game on Friday evening. Yeah, disappointed with the uh, the point, especially the circumstances of the game, playing with 11 versus 10 for so long. And uh, normally in those situations, we're normally very good. So we looked a little bit tired, I've got to say, and it wasn't really until they scored that we, we upped the tempo of our game. Uh, you have to give credit to Southampton, they defend it well, defend it strong and then once they had the goal they've got a real cause to, to fight for them. Um, we had a lot of the ball, we get into some really good areas but just couldn't quite find that precision in our pass and that final bit of quality to score. And you tried everything, that the change at half-time to, to take off Wesley Fofana, bring on Ozzy Perez, it just didn't quite happen in the final third? No, no and that's, you just sometimes need that little bit of luck, that bit of quality. Yes, but with no excuses, we, uh, you know, we, we, you know, Southampton deserved a point. There's, there's no doubt about that. So uh, and we just didn't do quite enough to win. And who knows? I mean, at the end of the season, you might look back and think it's actually a very important point to see. Well, yeah. Well, that is the thing. I, I believe it will be. You know, we uh, we uh, we know we've still got to win more games in the final four. So um, so yeah, that'll be our focus now. But uh, yeah, we're going to next week against Newcastle. Now we'll recover from this game, it's been a tough schedule, you know, with the fourth game in 13 days and I felt in that first 60 minutes you could see that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll recover now, have a good week next week and then uh, look to go again next Friday. 
And there was one moment of real quality. Kalecci's ball in for, for the equaliser for Johnny Evans. We've, we've seen him score all these goals, but also he showed tonight one excellent creator of chances he is too. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he didn't have so many tonight. But, uh, but yeah, great ball in. Johnny's got his head on it. And that gave us a, a put, put us in a really good position in the game to go on and win it. But we just couldn't unfortunately do that. And just finally, one more game ticked off at this end of the season is fast approaching. In my word, there's so much to look forward to, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's listen. It, it's it's really exciting. We've we've beaten last season's total of points. As I said, we, we wanted to win here because that's the mentality of the team. But, uh, but like I say, a combination of us not quite being at the level in the final third, plus giving away uh, um, some uh, giving away a cheap goal. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. We uh, will go again and, and get ready for an exciting game next Friday. I can imagine, Tony, that that's probably one thing that really frustrated Brendan Rodgers the, the other night was the nature of the goal that Leicester did concede and, and kind of where it came from and, and how it transpired. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I really don't want to be too critical, Dan, because like you know it's been such a good season. But just the set pieces do concern me. I think it's been a concern. You know, we've all been working closely together, haven't we? You know, for, for Leicester FC, and uh, you know the, the the set pieces. I think that Leicester are vulnerable. Um, you know, free kicks, corners, and you know they switch off. And I don't think there's any complaints. I mean, I think we're all a bit bamboozled with the rules of football at the moment. What is and isn't a penalty and what isn't isn't offside. And the sending off, of course, as well, you know, is a, was another sort of talking point, really. But I don't really think Kalecci or any of the Leicester boys would have had too many complaints. Yeah, you might have had a little word with a referee on the pitch. You know, that that's not a penalty type of thing, ref. But I think looking at it, you know, coldly, it was, it, for me, it was a definite penalty. His hands up there. And once your hand's up there, you're going to be in trouble if it hits your hand. And the argument is the ball's travelling towards the goal. So I, I personally, I felt it was a penalty and it was a disappointing way to concede as well. Not just the fact that it was a penalty, you know, that the handball, but switching off and allowing someone, you know, on the edge of the box to get a shot like that. Um, but as I say, it's just a little bit something that I think needs to be looked at. I think it's something they need to work on, you know, certainly for the rest of the season, be careful and perhaps going into next season, I think it's something that can be improved. And, you know, you can always improve in football. It's not just about picking on all the good things you've done. You've obviously got to learn from the mistakes and the errors when you do make them. Yeah, there weren't too many complaints, I don't think, were there, Matt, from the Leicester players for the, the penalty? No. Um, <laughs> I think you said, you said yourself in commentary, didn't you? Listen, it, it is a penalty just because of where his arm was. And, and as Tony said, that the law has changed a lot this season. But I think in any season, <clears throat> that, that probably is still a penalty. Yeah, no, it was in an unnatural position, as they say, and it'd be disappointed to sort of be in that situation in the first place, really. It was Castagna had to make the, the challenge on Armstrong, didn't he? Um, sort of dived in a touch and, you know, against 10 men. It was one of the sort of rare forays forward from Southampton and fair play to them. You know, they sort of saw and seized upon the opportunity to break forward and perhaps cause a little bit of damage and, and that's what happened and they got the set piece but a little bit slow to react to that maybe but it, it's just an individual error really I mean, you know it was needless positioning of the hand from from Ian Acho, basically and I don't think too many complaints from the actual decision itself but you know so the, the, the lads and Brendan Rogers I'm sure will be asking Ian Acho, what were you thinking and Ian Acho probably won't know himself it's sort of one of those 
instinctive things. That obviously, if he had his time again, he wouldn't have his arm in that position. But, yeah, um, soft, wasn't it? Disappointing. And you thought, because of the lack of clear-cut opportunities Leicester have created, you know, you, in that instant, you feared the worst. But they turned it round. You know, they piled the pressure on. Okay, didn't get too many golden opportunities. But uh, the intent was there. And again, you know, as, as we said before, frustrating, but far from the end of the world. At least Kelechi and Acho made amends for it. Yeah. Okay, he didn't score himself, but he, he created the goal. Yeah, lovely ball, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He putting a bit of pressure on, a few set pieces and corners. And, you, you know, you felt that maybe something was coming. Certainly, if they didn't score in that period, then you know, they probably wouldn't at all in the game. And, um, yeah, it took centre-half to come and make that little bit of difference. Fair play to Johnny Evans. Lovely ball in from Kelechi. Nice feet by Wilfred Ndidi just before, actually. Before he received the ball in a tight situation. He thought he might get himself a little bit of a tangle. But manipulated the ball well. Fed it off. Beautiful cross and uh, neatly tucked away by Evans. And you felt then, you know, right, this is it. Back on track. This is more like it. What was it, 20 minutes or so to yeah. still to go? You know, Fancy your chances, don't you, to, to force another one, even if it's a scrambled effort. But again, well done to Southampton, really, for seeing it out. Yeah, I think, as Matt said there, with the 20 minutes to go, you probably at that stage, Tony fancied Leicester. I think at 1-0 with 20 to go, you'd have probably taken a draw at that stage. But then as soon as you get the equaliser that yeah. early, you think you want to go on and get the winner. There were a few chances, weren't there? I think the big one really fell to Jamie Vardy. He, he did so well cutting inside, similar to his one of his goals actually in, in the 9-0 where he cut inside the defender. And, and this time the goalkeeper did well to, to, to get down because it was a great save from point blank range. Yeah, do you know what though, Dan? I think he'll be disappointed, Jamie. I, I, you know, knowing the player that he is and the, you know the finisher that he is, because you know he, he's done everything so well. Like the, the hard part really is to do the, the initial turn that, that, that when he just drags it inside with his left foot, because that's the he knows that defenders coming. You know, he, he's a is a is a skill you work on as, as a player in training, and you, it's, it's something that you rely on in the game because you know that if, if defenders are out of position. Uh, which they were, you know that the, their only real chance of gonna, they're going to stop a shot on goal is to lunge in and do a sliding tackle or just literally throw your body. The defender does that and Jamie reads it really, really well and he does the hard bit. The hard bit is getting that turn right and getting the ball into the position where you can get the strike on goal. And when once you've done that, you get a split second and in that split second, you've got to make the right decision. And the reason I'm saying Jamie, Jamie will be kicking himself is because I think what he should have done, he should really have just sort of curled it and stroked it across the keeper into the far corner. But he's made the split-second decision to go for power, almost try and sort of do him with the eyes a little bit and, and drill it into the near post. And listen, yeah, it's a very good save. And in a way, Jamie's not really done anything wrong. He's hit the target, you know, he hasn't blazed it wide or whatever or over the bar. You know, it was a good shot. There was lots of power behind it. It was an excellent save. But being an ex-centre forward, if I'm in that position and you won all as well and you know it's the winning goal and that, you, and you'll analyse it and you think, so, oh, if only I'd have just sort of, just slightly a little bit more, not striking the ball so hard and just sort of just curl it into the corner. And that's where mm. I'm saying he'll be frustrated. And I'm not being critical of Jamie because he's, he's a wonderful player. Uh, but, you know, the perfectionist that he is, he'll feel that he should have scored a goal there. Yeah, I was looking back this afternoon on at the match centre on, on LCFC.com and, and actually in the last 10 minutes, Leicester did have... 
when I say chances, obviously, I think Jamie Vardy's was probably the out-and-out only chance. There were a lot of half chances in there. The Indeedy shot that went just wide. There was yeah. the, the Kyle Walker-Peters brilliant header at the back post when it looks as if Jamie Vardy was just going to come and head it home. Castagna had a, a half chance later on. Ian Acho had that one where you thought he'd got up ahead of the goalkeeper, but actually the goalkeeper had punched it out, and, and that was a, a half chance as well. Yeah, you're right. And, um, you know... Recollecting that, that those opportunities, and you think yeah, it's a missed opportunity, mm. but um, yeah, Ian Acho again on that one. I mean, he got, he, I think he got a slight little touch on that, uh, which is why the keeper got the punch wrong because he got there ahead of the goal. Yeah, and he? he looked as if he should have made the contact. Like once he'd, he'd got in front of the keeper, as you say, so frustrating there. And um, yeah, the one from Ndidi. The right opportunity, possibly to the wrong man. It's a bit harsh, I know. Maybe you know Wilfred is capable of scoring in those situations, but should have hit the target. I know he was being pressurised and closed down, which made it a little bit more difficult. But yeah, as you say, you know, decent opportunities. Um, again, you know the one you mentioned there with Walker Peters. There, that 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 sort of emphasises Leicester's lack of aerial threat in the box without the defenders. Being uh, being part of the mix, really, because it, you're right. It seemed like Vardy was going to get there, but you've got to come and force the situation there. Come over the top of the defender, you know, without pushing and leaning over him too much. But uh, fair play to Southampton again, you know, in that instance. But, yeah, you, I, I don't know. You mentioned there four half-decent scenarios, but it, it just had the feel that, that Leicester were just going to come up short, you know, and, and Vardy's was the big chance, yeah. In hindsight, he'll, he'll be disappointed he didn't tuck that away. But, you know, dust themselves down. All, all is still pretty good. And, um, again, you know, the last time saying it, it was frustrating, yes. But uh, let's go onwards and look forward to Friday night. Uh, let's hear now from the man that you gave uh, as your man of the match on Friday evening. <laughs> that was uh, Yuri. Don't bring that up again. Yuri Telemans. Yeah. yeah, frustrating because... Um, they were down to, to 10 men very early in the game, so I thought that um, we could have had a better chance to, to win the game, but they showed resilience and, and we didn't play to, to our best. So, uh, so yeah, it was a very tough night and uh, we didn't play quick enough and we weren't precise enough on the ball and our passing and um, our last uh, decision making, so made it very difficult. In some ways, did that early red card totally change the game, it was then basically attack versus defence, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but then we have to manage the counter-attacks and we have to um, manage their set-pieces, which uh, we didn't do well enough, uh, especially on the set-piece that they get the penalty from. Uh, we have to react quicker and be uh, uh, be more switched on. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah, they score on that and then we have to react to the game, whereas I think um, we were in a, a better position to, to act. Ultimately, could you never know, be a very important point come the end of the season, though, couldn't it? Yeah, it could, but uh, it's down to us now. Uh, we have still a, a few games in hand where we can finish the job, but we'll have to be better than this. We've all seen your passes all season, but how about that ball from Kelechi for the equaliser? It was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good ball and a good header. So, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't uh, bring enough to, to us and to the team, but it's, uh, yeah, it was a really good ball. And just finally, so much to, to play for now. One more game ticked off, Newcastle next Friday. Uh, these are, are huge games coming up, aren't they? Yeah, we know that every game is a huge game for us and tonight was a huge game as well. Uh, we didn't do well enough to, to win the game and hopefully next week we will.
you can hear the disappointment, Tony, can't you, in, in Yuri Tielemans' voice there. And and again, that probably underlines just how far Leicester have come and and the fact that a draw on the South Coast away at Southampton is that disappointing because it could have strengthened Leicester's grasp on that top four position even more. Yeah, and the, the players know as well, like that, and the, the manager as well, you listen to Brendan's interview, and they're both sort of very similar in what they're saying. You know, they're just a just final ball, you know, just a little bit of quality in that final third. Just you know, not quite as on it as perhaps they had been in previous games, and that. And you know, as a player, you don't you don't need anyone telling you, you know, with it that you you could and should have done better, and that. It, it, you know, but it it is still a point, and and you know, I always say, and you've heard me say this many times before on this show, you know. If if you if you if you're not on your game and you're not, you're not going to get the three points, don't lose it. You know because we've seen so many times in the past where teams that are not on their game and and they end up they lose it and you don't even get the one point. So I, I think yeah, the, the disappointments there you can hear it in, in uh, Yuri's voice there and his interview and it costs it disappointing and that they know they should have got the three points and the opportunity was there particularly against ten men for so long, but they also didn't lose the game and they, they they deserve credit for coming back into the match and, and getting a point. And ultimately, that point, it could become very, very important come the end of the season. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, dubious call of, of man of the match, do you think Tony Cotty that Miley gave to Yuri Tielemans or are you in agreement? Oh, I don't know. I mean, was there a standout candidate? I I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes... We, exactly, we do the Tony. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to help you out, Matt, you know, he's... Um, you know, they, they, you sometimes you get these games, and you know, listen, when someone gets three goals or whatever, you know, it's, it's obvious, or you you get an outstanding defensive display, or Casper has a, a weldy or something, it makes it easier. But you know, I, I watched the game, and I didn't particularly feel that there was anyone who was absolutely magnificent. What you can say is Yuri Tillemans has been consistently very good throughout this season. So uh, yeah, go on, Matt. I'll let you get away with that. Yeah, no, well, thank you, TC, for that. Yeah, <laughs> at least I, I know where my mates are. That, that tagger. <laughs> He's always trying to be controversial, isn't he? He was going on about Johnny Evans again, shock. Uh, Johnny got the goal. How can you give it to a, to a centre-half who's had no one to mark all night and just pop the ball around at the back? I think Johnny Evans did fine but uh, and got the goal. But listen, I was there. And you know it's different when you see it live. I saw things that you didn't. And that's why I made my decision. <laughs> yeah, well, Matt Elliott did enough teasing of both Jerry and I on uh, on Match Day Live on Friday before kickoff, Tony. So we've Frank? Had to, yeah, where uh, is Frank? I've had to get some sort of revenge on there uh, on Matt. Um, TC, he was calling Ralph Hasenhutl Frank Hasenhutl on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Jerry's finest moment, that one. Um, what he did say, though, Jerry, at, at full time, is that seven points from nine. In, in those three games that Leicester have just had, Palace, West Brom uh, and Southampton, Jerry targeted 10 from 12 in the games, yeah. if you include the, the Newcastle one. Obviously, they still need to win that one. But Jerry himself, his own words, said, I'm sure Brendan would have ripped your hands off for that and, and they're still on target for it. Jerry's prophetic words, are they? Mm. <laughs> yeah, listen, ifs and buts. Um, <clears throat> with my instinctive reaction, I'm sure the same with Tony. Other people lose you know, don't count your chickens, is it? You know, we, we've seen that last Friday, and we'll see what happens this Friday. But yeah, listen, it, you know, a, a good chance for Leicester to pick up a victory on the face of it. But as we all know, it's, it's very rarely that straightforward. If it was to occur, then brilliant. Yeah, ten out of twelve. Not many teams, Man City aside, win four games on the trot in the Premier League, regardless of who the opposition are. Um, you know, that would be an exceptional achievement. 
Um, if it was to be three out of four and a draw, then that's no, no mean feat in itself. And who's to say they won't do similar um, with the remaining three games as well? You know, listen, they're going to be tough, but they're just as tough for the, the opposition teams to play Leicester as it is for Leicester themselves. And um, But it would be lovely if they could get, you know, a considerable gap between themselves and the chasing pack before those three huge games come around. But um, it's likely that Leicester will need something from those games. But, you know, if that is the case, I back them strongly. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll look ahead to those games, uh, in particular the Newcastle one, uh, very shortly. <laughs> but we'll do the first of our extra time teasers. Uh, now we've got no who's the fox this evening because we're not going out on social media. So we've just got the extra time oh, teasers. You, you've not been off. saved. It's anything I'm half decent at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could save that for next week. Right. Uh, Tony Cotty, pot one or pot two? We all know the drill by now. Pot one, please. Pot one for Tony, pot two for Matt. Right. Your question one then, Matt, is name two of the four sides that are currently in the League One playoff places. Oh, right. I might even have the wrong league here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Lincoln Sunderland. Very well done. Yeah. That's two dings, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, one point for that. Um, yeah, the four teams that were currently in the playoff places in League One are Sunderland, Lincoln, Blackpool and Portsmouth. Portsmouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're six, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well done. I, I, I wouldn't have got Blackpool. That's a point for you. Uh, Tony, name three of the four teams that are currently in the championship playoff places. Wonsie, oh. uh, Barnsley... Brentford and um, yeah. Sure yeah you've got it you've got it go on can you get the fourth you've got the point anyway mine's gone blank then I've got the, I've got the point so yeah, hang, on, hang on then oh who's that they're calling it let's see if you can both I'm get between one. you oh that should be Bonzi, Bonzi, Brentford um... no I haven't got it long enough There'll be one person in particular that we've been talking about a lot this evening that will be disappointed you've not got it. No, he said Swansea, Barnsley. Yeah. Oh, he said Bournemouth, Bournemouth, and Brentford. Bournemouth, Brentford. Yeah, but you said he said yeah. he said Bournemouth in that yeah, second yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, he, he re yeah. read them out. Yeah. <laughs> you read out the three that you thought you'd said, Tony, and included Bournemouth yeah, in that one. Got the fourth choice right. Anyway. Got the, yeah, got, yeah, there we go. Anyway, you've got oh, yeah, yeah you've got three of the four. Uh, Jerry's uh, time at Barnsley yeah, is what yeah, I was yeah, referencing, yeah. obviously. That's all confusing. Um, well, a point each then for Matt and Tony heading into the um, teasers, uh, which we'll do at the end of the show. Oh, is that it? Oh, just getting You're getting into excited. Rhythm, You're then. into that then. Just getting you? in the flow. Um, yeah, Friday night then, obviously, the, the game with Newcastle at home. You referenced a little bit about the, the game they played at the weekend and, and they're all but safe now, Newcastle, yeah. aren't they, really? So, you know... Touch wood, there's nothing too much for, for them to play for, but it's it's difficult to judge at this stage of the season how teams turn up, particularly when they're in that. Yeah, and Newcastle was very much one of those teams mm. as well, aren't they? I mean, when, I don't know, certainly the first half or part of the season, you know, they're very pragmatic and dogmatic. Is that a word? 
Dad, you have made another one. Was that a band? <laughs> you, and, you and Roberts will be delighted you have made we'll another say, one. We'll say, yeah, dogged. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but they, you know, they would sort of go out and try not to lose games first and foremost. And then by his own admission, Steve Bruce had tried to make them a bit more expansive. And that didn't necessarily work too much, did it? So it sort of reverted to type a bit. But now, as you say, they're, they're pretty much safe. You know, I don't, I don't know with Newcastle whether that's a good or a bad thing. You know, it could be they could sort of lose focus a little bit and be a bit disjointed. You know, because they might relax a touch. Um, but they've also they have got some individual talent within that team. You know, you know and you, you think maybe if they, if they start trying a few things that they wouldn't do ordinarily, if it comes off. They they could be threatening. But I think if you start. Uh, you know, at a, a high tempo and high energy game against them, and let them know early on that they're going to be in for a tough night. Then they might not be in the frame of mind where they're up for the challenge a bit. And as I said, like Arsenal, by all accounts, semi-coasted past Newcastle relatively comfortably, and that's a good sign from Leicester's point of view for the weekend. I've just googled dogmatic, <laughs> and it is a word, but not, not in the sense. Not in the sense that. So it's in uh, context. It's an adjective. Inclined to lay down principles as undeniably true. Yeah, you know that. That's what, that's what they're that. doing in in their performance. Worm your way out of that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see again, as as Matt's saying, which, which Newcastle do turn up on on Friday evening, Tony, won't it? It, it will, Dan, yeah. And, um, you know, listen, I saw the first half yesterday and I've got to say Newcastle were awful. They was really, really poor. They stood off of Arsenal. They let them pass it around. And bear in mind, this was a much-changed Arsenal team as well from the team that's playing, obviously, in the Europa League. You know, um, uh, uh, Arteta made a lot of changes and, and they was really there for the taking, Arsenal. But Newcastle just sat back. They didn't really seem too bothered with too much that was going on. And, you look at their position in the league table. I mean, they're 17th in the league table. I think West Brom are playing tonight, Dan. I'm sure you can give us a score update in a minute. But, you know, that if West Brom were to win their game, I think they're playing Wolves, then that brings Newcastle just a little bit nearer to them and that might put pressure on them. So, you know, for them to go out and put in such a, an, an abject performance against Arsenal was a bit baffling. And I'm sure Steve Bruce, one of my old teammates, will be scratching his head, you know, because you know, they're such a funny team, Newcastle. You know, they've got some talent, like Matt said. I, like, listen, John Joe Shelby's as good a passer of the ball as, as any in the Premier League. If you, let, if you stand off him and let him spray the ball around, you've got Wilson and St. Maxim up front, two very good players. So there is talent in that Newcastle team. But, you know, if, if it's the team that turned up yesterday against Arsenal, um, you know, turns up at the, at the KP on Friday, then, you know, I'd like to think the Newcastle will, will get absolutely walloped because they didn't play very well. And if Leicester are on their game, and there's no reason why Leicester shouldn't be on their game because it's a massive game for the football club, then you would expect Leicester to get the three points. Mm. Yeah, it, is, it is currently nil-nil in that game that Tony was referencing um, between Wolves and West Brom. By all accounts, it has been uh, an atrocious opening <laughs> 37 minutes or so. But as, as Tony was as alluding to there, if West Brom do win, they'll go within eight points of Newcastle. So that's with four to play. So I, I guess there's still you know. work, yeah. No, you well. So you, they're not actually they're yeah, not safe, you, safe yet. Is what that's what I mean. Say. They're such a funny side, though, aren't they? Because you know they've had some really good results. Yeah, recently, and a few games they, yeah. ago they, they were looking as if it was almost job done, and then they turn out turn in a performance like they did against Arsenal. When you know you think Arsenal was sort of vulnerable, and it's at home for Newcastle. 
they fancy their chances of, of, of turning Arsenal over. But yeah, it, they are they're on a, a difficult side to sort of predict how they're going to go. But all said and done, you know, you fancy Leicester four or three points, but um, they're going to have to be on their game. They're going to have to be at it as they are every week, you know, if they want to get those victories. But uh, yeah, no, I, listen, it, it, it's a fixture that you would you would look forward to from Leicester's point of view, isn't it? You know, and then then there's the, the really is the final furlong after that. Assess the situation after Friday night and the weekend's following results and, and see where they stand. Yeah, you look at the, the Newcastle team, Tony, and you think that the likes of of St. Maximan particularly and Callum Wilson, if, if they are to be a two-up front, which I gather they were against Arsenal the other day, and, and Almiron can be quite dangerous on his day as well. That They can be a dangerous side at times, but you just hope that, as you've referenced, the same Newcastle that played Arsenal will be the one that turns up to King Power Stadium. Yeah, let's hope so. And, and Jacob Murphy as well was a talent, you know, for Newcastle. You know, he's a good player. They, they've got good width in their team, really. You know, they... They sort of play a pretty much a, a, a 4-4-2 type of system when they, certainly when those two are in the team, Wilson and St. Maxim. And you know, and if, again, if you let them have time and space, if you let them get the ball into the, to their feet, and you know, they can be very dangerous. Callum Wilson's a good finisher. And St. Maxim, he seems to have got better as the season's gone on. And you know, he's a he's a talented bit like um I sort of, when I watch him, he's a bit like Traore of Wolves. You know, he, he's like a very dynamic player. He gets on the ball, he runs, he's very, very quick. And he's got good skills as well, you know, and you know, invariably there can be a, an end product there as well. I think this season, Traore's end product has not been good, but St. Maxim has been the complete opposite. So he probably is their star player at the moment. So certainly something that, that Leicester would, would like to would look out for. But, you know, if they, and it's a, again, it's an if because, you know, of course they changed against Southampton. But if they play the three centre-halves, then, you know, those three, you would like to think they'll match up nicely against the two Newcastle centre forwards and, and keep them in check because you know, like any team, if you give centre forwards time and space in that, they will score goals. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it was a very good weekend um, for LCFC women. It was a memorable afternoon yesterday for them here at King Power Stadium as they lifted the FA Women's Championship trophy to end their first full season as a professional outfitter's champions. It was an, an incredible effort. They've got promotion, of course, to WSL. Uh, on the day yesterday, it was a comfortable 4-0 win uh, as they beat Charlton Athletic thanks to Natasha Flint's early strike, a brace from Hannah Kane and a late own goal, meaning they've won 16 of their 20 league games this season. And after the match, I caught up with two-goal Hannah Kane and her manager, Jonathan Morgan. Yeah, can't, can't really put it in words at the moment. And to, to finally lift the trophy, even though we know we've known for a while now that we've been champions, you, you, you're not sure how you're going to take the day or how it's going to feel. But I can tell you one thing: it's, it's fantastic. And to get your hands on the trophy and to actually see, ah, we've won it. It's there. It's tangible. Um, it's a great feeling. It was quite a nice day. It turned into a procession as well. The game, didn't it? You said to us before the game that you, you really wanted to win today. Yeah. And the performance that you put in was excellent. Yeah, I think um, it was important we won today. Um, it's a historical day for the club, for the women's setup, um, to 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 come here and play our first competitive game in the King Power on the day that we're lifting the trophy for the FA Women's Championship. Nothing but a win would have satisfied anyone, I don't think. And I think that not only did we want to win, but we wanted to play good football, and that's what we've done. And I think everyone in the stadium today would have enjoyed that, and hopefully everybody at home watching on the LCFC TV would have enjoyed that as well. Hannah, can you put into words what, what today has meant? Um, I don't think I can, to be honest. I mean, 
I thought it had sunk in after we actually won the league a few weeks back, but um, today's just been a massive achievement. Obviously, we had the loss last week and we knew we wanted to go out in style this week and not end like that. Um, and I think our first half performance especially was the best that we've played all season and it just sums up how far we've come as a team. And it's, it's really exciting, to be honest, to see where we're going to go in the future. So, yeah. I can't put into words my excitement right now. I'm absolutely buzzing. What was that moment like when you got your hands on the trophy and, and you saw Sophie obviously lift it in front of you? Unreal. Like, I, I'm just so overwhelmed. I was saying before the game, I just sat on the pitch and I reflected at, like, the whole season as a collective and then individually for me. Obviously, I thought I'd never play football again and now I'm here at the King Power. It's absolutely unreal facilities and the ground and I've scored two goals. So... And we've, we've lifted the trophy. So honestly, I'm so overwhelmed, but I'm absolutely buzzing. Yeah, that was LCFC women manager Jonathan Morgan firstly talking and then uh, Hannah Kane, who got two goals on the day. She's had a, a brilliant season herself. She was out with injury till February, came back, scored a goal in a vital 1-0 win and then has got a number of other goals this season and looked really bright on that left-hand side. Uh, Emil Heskey, uh, he was brought in as a, an ambassador for LCFC women at the start of this season. He's been heavily involved with the group this season and he was delighted at full-time yesterday. Emil, you've got that medal proudly draped around your neck. It, it, it's been an incredible achievement this year. It's been your first year, obviously, mm -hmm. with LCFC Women, their first year as a professional outfit. And, and to, to finish it the way that you've finished it, you must be so proud. Yeah, you've got to be proud of the girls. They've done fantastic. Um, like you're saying, for the season that we've had, our first year, so you're kind of tentatively not really knowing what's, what you're going to achieved during the season but the manager and and the coaching staff and the girls have been fantastic this year and capped it off in this game but not just this game but the games going up we obviously went on a run of 12 12 games uh, winning streak 13 games in all competition um, which is a league record so to do that then cap it off here which is a massive massive day for them um, you know it's huge yeah, what has the day been like? And where do you rank this? I mean, you've achieved so much mm -hmm. in, in your career yourself. Where, where would you put this alongside were, those Yeah, up there with the best of them. I, I said this to the girls, actually. Um, I said a massive thank you to them because I now can say I'm a league, uh, a league winner. So it's huge for me. It's huge for the club. Um, it's huge for the girls. Again, we don't know if any of them are, are ever going to say that they're going to win a, a, another league, uh, league title. So they've got to take that on board and, and savour the day and savour this year that we've had. Hopefully in the coming years we'll be competing for, for the WSL title now. How good does it sound that this group will be playing WSL football next season? Massive, absolutely huge. And hats off to them because, again, um, it's been a tough, long season. Um, a lot of ups and downs, but they've grinded on, got the results that you needed to, to get to the WSL. Yeah, we've got a kick on from there. And <clears throat> again, we'll have to forge a plan to get to the top, but that's what we want to be. We're not going to just be competing. Well, that was your former teammate, both of you, Tony Cotty and, and Matt Litt, your former teammate, Emil Heskey, there speaking. He's, he's been involved so heavily with, with LCFC Women this season as an ambassador, and, and I, I gather he's been an integral member of, of that group, and, and he was absolutely buzzing at, at full-time yesterday. Yeah, you, well, you could tell there in his interview, couldn't you? And well done to him, you know, for being part of a very successful group, and uh, the brilliant achievement, isn't it? you know, top in the league quite comfortably, as it turned out, with that magnificent run that they've gone on in the back half of the season culminating in in the you know the trophy um being presented at the King Power. You know, what an occasion for the girls and everyone involved and manager Jonathan Morgan as well. And Emil, you know, it's exciting times, isn't it? And they'll be looking forward to 
next season's campaign already and going to make a mark. We spoke of Jonathan not so long ago mm. on, on this very show. And, um, you know, his intentions are not just going to survive. He's going to be proactive and be really interesting to see how they fare next season. Yeah, we were just chatting off there. Then they've, they've basically got that. Well, that's their league season done. They've got an FA Cup game with WSL side Manchester United in a couple of weeks' time. That'll be a good test for them, won't it? Because I'm, mm. I'm sure he's got an idea in his head of, of what players he might want to bring in during the, the summer. So yeah. to see where this current group gets on against Manchester United will be a good test. Yeah, and you know, the very attractive club to come to as well, isn't it, Leicester? Uh, in, in different departments at this moment in time, you know the, the, the facilities that they're using, our old, I mean, Tony's old stomping ground um, in the training sense, yeah, down at Beaver Drive, you know, uh, top of the top of the range, and um, everything's you know everything's pushing and moving forward. And the club in general, in particular with the women's football, and uh, you know the success that they've achieved this year will only sort of enhance the the attraction of the club, really. And it, I, without knowing the relative levels of of the Super League, um, but for for the girls to go in there and um, you know perform, you 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 get the impression that they'll be able to go and compete, not mm. just survive, as, as Jonathan Morgan intends. And um, I'm sure that'll be the case. Yeah, absolutely. They play Manchester United, who are currently fourth uh, in the WSL in a couple of weeks' time uh, in the FA Cup. Um, actually, the day after, uh, Leicester play in the FA Cup final uh, against Chelsea. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of symmetry oh, that, yeah. that weekend <laughs> in the FA Cup. Yeah, the small matter, Tony, <laughs> of, of an FA Cup final for Leicester. I think... I can't remember did, when we last spoke to you. Was it after the semi-final or was it before the semi-final? Yeah. I can't. I can't remember. No. Afterwards, yeah, no, because it's you know brilliant achievement to get there. But but now Leicester are there that they they will want to go on and win it and finish the season on the whole. As as we've been talking about, you know, maintaining that top four position as as one target and then winning the FA Cup as another. And, and what a season it'll be if they can manage that. Yeah, it'd be an incredible season if they can achieve both. Um, you know, it's. I think once you once you have been through the experience, once you get through the semi final, then your mind starts going towards the FA Cup final. And yeah, well, we all know that the FA Cup final is it's not got the glamour of forty years ago when I was a kid and all the preparation and everything and that. But it is still a major cup competition, and it is still the holy grail for Leicester, as we all know, in terms of trying to win that particular football trophy. And you know the. The players are, have, have got to get the balance right because you know it's all right being excited and want, excited and wanting to play at Wembley again and, and being an FA Cup final and, and try and go down in legend by winning the competition. But you also got to make sure that you don't lose focus on your league performances. And you know, as we said, you know, just not quite at it against Southampton, and they can't afford to do that on Friday against Newcastle. That again is a game you've got to you've got to concentrate and focus fully on that particular game on the Friday. Great opportunity playing the first game of the Premier League rounds at the weekend. You could win that game, get the three points in the bank, sit back the rest of the weekend, have a nice rest and watch all the other results come in. And your mind then starts drifting towards that big game at Wembley coming up the following Saturday. And what an occasion it's going to be. And, you know, I think we're we're, we're almost certainly going to have some fans there as well, which is fantastic for everyone. So, you know, it's going to be a real incredible occasion. I'm looking forward to working the club and being a part of the day, whether we're at Wembley or not, I don't know. But, you know, I just, I just the FA Cup final is still special to me. It always was for me as a kid. I'm sure Matt would say the same. It's 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 a special competition. And if Leicester can win it and get in the Champions League, wow, what a season that is. Yeah, well, like everyone else, just looking forward to it. But I think 
I, I think the players are, won't be distracted, you know, just yet. As Tony says, they've had too much else to deal with, haven't they? And too too many important games um, have, have been around and are coming up as well. So you know, once Friday is out of the way and the situation is assessed in terms of league position, yeah, you know, then it is, of course, you're yeah, looking forward to the next game, which happens to be an FA Cup final. But um, yeah, like, like like Tony, anyone of our sort of era. You know, the, the historical side of, of the FA Cup was something truly special, really. And, you know, I, I can remember more about the games in, in the late 70s, 80s than I can in the, the years recently gone by, in truth. It, it sort of, I don't know, it had more impact for me back then. Maybe that's just my my age, etc. You know, different generations will say the same. But it still holds a... A lot of value, the, the competition, without a doubt, and the, you could see the reaction of the players on the pitch when, when you know, the sort of magnitude of the the achievement that they had made yeah, as a group, and the realization that they were playing in an FA Cup mm. final or were hoping to, you know, just they just won an FA Cup semi final at Wembley. Okay, no supporters, etc., but still, uh, you yeah, know, wonderful occasion and a massive achievement, and they'll be given their all. Um, Come the, when the time arrives, but uh, yeah, no, that FA Cup memories myself are not particularly that positive, unfortunately. But uh, it, it was lovely just to be involved in the competition and get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. The 1969, Tony was the last time the Foxes obviously played in an FA Cup final. Four-time finalists never won it, so because of that, I think for Leicester fans, as, as much as, as what you say maybe about the FA Cup being better a few years ago or, or in the 70s and 80s, as you're saying, but for Leicester fans, it is as important now as, as it ever has been. Yeah, I think it was just more... Yeah. Sorry, Tone, jumping in. Was more, more emphasis maybe on the FA Cup, wasn't there, back in the day, you know? And You're being dogmatic now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> sorry, Tone, you answer, you finish the answer. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll cut across you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the, the fans know the importance. And, you know, I've said before as well, I think this group of players understand it as well. When, when you start getting a build-up, yeah, I know these games. I think they play, I think they play Manchester United next week as well, don't they, Dan? Yeah. Is there a league game On next the Wednesday, week yeah. Well yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mention. But, you you know, when you've got a couple of games that, but, you, you know, you, the, the players will be fully aware of what it means to, to the fans. And, and every time they do their press interviews and they'll start to probably start to build up to that, will probably start this week, perhaps even before the Man United game. And, you know, you start talking about the the, the, the game and, you know, even like the, the, the foreign boys, the likes of the Tillemans and the likes of Soyuncu and, and, and the, uh, you know, Fafanas and that. I'm, I'm pretty certain that they would have probably grown up if they loved their football, they would have grown up watching the FA Cup mm. and they would have seen the final and what it means to, to everyone, what a show showpiece it is, what, you know, the great occasion. And, you know, you would grow up following whatever team it is. All right, you, you might be in a different country and you support the team in that country. But, you know, most people have a, a favourite English team that they would have followed and that and they would have, they would know about the FA Cup and what it means to the players, but most importantly to these Leicester fans because, you know, this is a real, real good opportunity Yes, it's going to be difficult. We know that. They're playing against a good Chelsea team, but they can go down. I said they can go down in legend and, and some of these boys deserve it as well with the likes of Jamie Vardy and Casper Smichael, the ones who have been a part of the club for the last 10 years. They deserve to go down even more in legend. And if you, the only way to do that is to go out and win that FA Cup. Not be runners-up, because people don't really remember the runners-up. All right, your own fans do, but the general football public don't really remember the runners-up. 
but I certainly remember the winners. Absolutely. Right. Who's going to remember the winner of the extra time teasers this evening? Because it's currently one all between the two of you uh, going into the final couple of questions. You went first last time, didn't you, Matt? I so did. It's Tony's turn now. Uh, your second question in pot one is, uh, last time uh, Leicester travelled to St Mary's, they famously won 9-0. You were there, of course. Uh, who was in goal for the Saints that night? Um, you know what? I think it might have been Fraser Forster. Oh no, I know who it is now. I know it is. Don't say anything, Tony, because Matt Matt. Oh, I need this, do I? Well, I know who it is now. Is that a clue? Oh. Well. Is it not the obvious one then? I'm not saying a word. (laughs) I'm not giving anything to you. McCarthy. Mm. No, I didn't think so. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's happened to him, by the way? No idea. He's, um, He's off the radar. I mean, they've talked the weekend of being. <laughs> yeah, yeah since, that, since that game, I suppose. But... Sorry, Tony, we missed that. What did you say? I said that I think there was talk about him going to, on loan to Norwich or signing for Norwich. Obviously, his dad played for Norwich, didn't he? Right, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. They, he was the answer to that question that neither of you got. Yeah, in jumped in there. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, well, your question is also related to that 9 0. Um, it's a pretty easy one. Who was sent off for Southampton that night? <laughs> Tone's face. He's thinking even Matt knows this one, isn't he? <laughs> Bertrand. Correct. Bertrand? Bertrand. Bertrand. Um, Bertrand. <laughs> right, this is to go 3-1 up, um, with only Tony having one left. An unassailable lead. Who opened the scoring for Man City in their win on Saturday? I know. Got both, didn't he? Aguero. I'd like to take a point off because he didn't get them both. Did he not? He, he, he got the opener. Oh, no, he didn't, did he? Yeah, no, Aguero, yeah. Ferran yeah. Torres got sorry, the Sorry, sorry, tell a lie. Um, Tony, you might as well do your last one anyway. Uh, who scored Aston Villa's winner on Saturday night against Everton? Um, Glad I didn't get that question. Yeah. You have an easy one, Matt, and I'll have a <laughs> Um, I know Ollie Watkins scored, but I don't know the winner, was it? I didn't watch the highlights as well. Oh, give me 10 seconds and I'll get it. Um, El Ghazi. Well done, yeah, well, done. well done. Well plucked out. Well done, but unlucky. Uh, yes, no, it did finish 3-2 to Matt Elliott. Well done. you got a smug look on your face. You can go home happy this evening. I thought I was very dogmatic in that quiz. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to... Well, Re-energisation. Yes. You showed I good need re-energization. re-energization after the that weekend. But here yeah. we go. Um, right. Thank you very much to Tony see Cotty see and see to Matt Elliott. We'll be back again on Wednesday for Matchday Minus 2 ahead of the game on Friday, of course, uh, with Newcastle United. So do join us at 12.30 on Wednesday afternoon on LCFC TV.